Hey there, beautiful people, and welcome to another episode of the Overflow Show. Um, in today's episode, I will be sharing my testimony uh, in a deeper manner, and yeah, I felt like I was supposed to share my testimony with you guys, and we will be doing the quote of the week, of course, and then also a little message at the end about an opportunity for you guys to join in on um, a live stream of a really cool event that's going to be taking place and an opportunity for you guys to maybe invite some of your friends who don't know Jesus to this event um, that's online, of course. And then a little bit, another message at the end just about a different way to look at this time of quarantine um, other than just being bored. So... Without further ado, let's get to the show. You're listening to The Overflow Show, the podcast that follows our lives as a young married couple who love Jesus. We are Caleb and Katia Cox, and our goal is to inspire people like you to dream big, know God, and never settle for less. We hope you enjoy the show. I was praying about, well, I was just praying, and I was talking to God and um, just worshiping Him while I was working, and I felt like for for this podcast episode, uh, I was supposed to share my testimony, so I'm just going to jump right in, uh, since you guys have already had the intro and stuff, but um, I shared part of my testimony a good chunk of it in relation to me and Katya getting married in the first episode. Um, But I'm going to go a little bit deeper into my full testimony and like where I came from and what I came out of uh, and what I got saved to and just some of the things that God put in my heart at the foundation of me being saved. And Katya is here with me to... I ask questions or if she thinks of some things that I don't think of that she knows or she's heard me say and to just interject at different times and say whatever you think. Um, But I guess I'll start the story with me being born. (laughs) I was born in Fort Worth, Texas and born into a Christian family. Both my mom and dad are Christians and full-time missionaries, but we moved from Texas when I was three to Indiana um, to stay with my mom's side of the family. Um, And it was kind of a rough time living in Indiana. I would say that from like ages three to five, it was really rough. And my parents were going through a lot of financial stress at that time, uh, with the market crashing in 2007. And we just didn't, I guess we, there wasn't a lot of pursuit of the Lord, I would say in our whole family. And that I can remember at least, even though I was only four or five, but we moved back to Texas and just kind of, we went to a church and I remember going to this church pretty much most of my life from like, I don't know, five to 
12, 5 to 10. And other than that, I wasn't pursuing the Lord at all. And I had bad friends and bad influences. And when I was like 8 or 9, I would get into a lot of trouble. Um, I would say it wasn't the most rebellious time in my life, but it was the most like mischievous time in my life. Like I snuck out a couple times with friends and we would like smoke cigarettes that weren't finished that we'd find on the ground and a bunch of like just silly stuff that we would do to try and be cool. And when I was eight years old, um, one of my friends on the street showed me a video of pornography and it wasn't the first time I had like been exposed to sexual things but it was the first time I had seen pornography and and it kind of marked me and I didn't really shy away from it or anything I kind of embraced it and embraced the whole lie of like lust and all that junk and so that was I was eight years old when when that impacted my life and kind of changed the dynamic. Um, and then when I was 11 or 12, my mom and I believe my dad had a dream, a, a really vivid dream about them returning to East Texas to join YWAM and help staff the missions school here. And he told my mom about it, and she didn't want to move at first. And then they prayed about it, and God basically confirmed that that's what they were supposed to do. So we packed our bags, and I was in the th fourth grade at this point, I believe, and we left to go to East Texas and I was excited because I was always probably excited for change. I didn't have a lot of friends where I was. And uh, my brother Samuel's the one who took the impact because he always had so many close friends. And he was always doing stuff with his buddies. And so it was kind of a hard move for him. But um, when we got here, we were actually enrolled into, I was enrolled into a private Christian school. Um, called Christian Heritage School, and this was fifth grade, and this fifth grade, and yeah, probably the middle of fifth grade year, I got sick, and uh, for about five weeks, and I was away from school, and it was kind of just really bad, and I was also probably the most rebellious I had been um, at any point in my life. I was I just remember arguing with my parents and like refusing to go to school at different times and and having like just putting my mom really through hell um, and I was struggling with fear also worse than I ever had before and um, and I would have like dreams and I like I woke up when I was sick one time and I had a dream and and then I woke up and I there was just this like demonic thing standing over me and I was like paralyzed with fear and so the enemy really like played on my uh I guess submission to fear and he really milked that to make me believe lies and believe that I was susceptible and the biggest lie I believed probably was that I was more susceptible to fear and all that stuff when I was pursuing God more um 
just a lie to keep me from seeking God. But I, I started seeking God because I was experiencing really real, like really real fear stuff. And I was, I just hated it. I hated terrible dreams and all that. And so I was really, I was praying and stuff. And then I started having more authority, but this whole time I hadn't really given my life to Jesus. And then fast forward to the story that I've kind of shared with you guys already, just that there was this guy who was um, at the YWAM retreat that we go to every year. There was a guy who was staffing the high school group, and I snuck into the high school group. I was in eighth grade. Uh, the I had just graduated eighth grade, and, and he started sharing about... Um, just the gospel and how it impacted his life and different things he had seen. And I'd never met someone who talked like that, who talked about real things of the gospel and people being healed and all that. And so he really impacted my life and planted a seed. But I wouldn't say that I was free from myself or that I was all in until I went to a a Power and Love conference um, with Lifestyle Christianity um, at that four-day conference on the second night, I gave my whole life to Jesus in the hotel room, and and I was really, uh, I would say that that marked the day that I became free from myself and free from all the lies and stuff, and, and it's been a journey ever since then, always with the perspective of growing in Jesus and, and holding on to that and, um, I guess the the number one thing that changed me was I believed that I was right with God, and I had never been able to believe that before. I, every time I had gotten close to God and had some sort of like feeling of revival in my heart, I would, I would never just like outright believe I am right with God. I would always like look let my life decide. Like after that, like I hope I live right so that I know for a fact that I'm actually changed and then when my actions wouldn't back that up necessarily then I would just not believe that I was actually changed and I would just wait for the next encounter or whatever but when I that night I actually was like I was like Jesus I choose to believe everything you say about me and I really believed that I was righteous and and just that I had right standing with God, that I I didn't have right standing with God before that night, just because I was a slave to my own lusts and selfishness and all that stuff, and and I just gave it all up, and I gave myself to Him, and and I asked Him to be my everything, and, and that's when it all changed. And so I told you guys, you guys know the story of how that affected me and Katya meeting, um, but God didn't save me just so that I could get married or anything like that, you know? God saved me for His name's sake, and and He saved me so that I would be the opposite of what I was growing up, so that I would be um, an ambassador of the kingdom of God, so that I would be fighting for the right army, I guess, and fighting for the right side. And, um, and then I met Katya, and so Katya has never known me um, as I was before I was saved, and she never knew me from how I, my immaturity and, like, cursing all the time and just really kind of a messed up kid. Her, 
Jayla, Katya's younger sister, didn't like me when because she knew me from before a little bit more than Katya did, and it took a little bit. It took two weeks of us going. Me and Jayla went to the same summer camp uh, called SST, and and that's where we became close friends because I was just sharing my heart with her, and she realized that the old me wasn't really there anymore. Um, yeah. That's kind of a nutshell of what you guys didn't hear about my testimony. Um, it changed everything. I remember, so I I came home from the conference and I was just like, I was praying for people and I was like, I want to see Jesus heal people. And I went to Lowe's with my dad the day that I got back. And Keep in mind, I hadn't seen anyone healed at this point from anything. Um, I prayed for people at the Power and Love Conference. I didn't really remember seeing anyone healed. Um, So I'm at Lowe's, and I see this guy with a shopping cart. And I didn't say anything, and I just kind of passed him. And then I saw him again, and so I knew. I was like, I need to go talk to him because I already felt like I should talk to him, and this is my second opportunity so I went over to him and I I just felt in my heart to ask him if he had pain in his lower back and he said yeah he did and he just looked like a normal like 35 year old working dude um and he was like yeah I have pain in my back and so I asked if I could pray for him and he once I prayed for him I asked if he could bend over and like check it and he checked it and he said that it still hurt and so I was like is it okay if I pray again? Just because, I don't know, I didn't see it. Nothing seemed to change, so I figured we'd pray again, just in faith, and I prayed again, and he checked it again. He was like, well, the pain doesn't feel as bad, but it's still stiff, and, and I prayed again. And uh, and this time, he bent over and checked it, and he was like, well, it really is better. And he was like, well, that's pretty cool. And uh, And I was like, yeah, I didn't know what to say because I had never really experience someone actually having relief and like feeling a lot less pain and uh actually he said that all the pain went away it was just still a little bit um hard to be flexible I guess but I took that and we went to church that day that so that was a Sunday um and I was praying for all the old people we went to this church where it was just full of really old people and they all had canes and stuff, and I was praying for every old person, and like, (laughs) and this one guy, uh, he must have been like 75 or 80, he was like, well, your legs just start getting weaker over time, and I was like, yeah, I was like, but I'd still like to pray for you, I think Jesus would like you to have strong legs, and he was like, okay, and so I prayed for him, and, (laughs) and, uh, it doesn't really make a lot of sense, to pray for a bunch of people if you don't really believe that Jesus wants to do something and if you don't really believe that it's possible that people could experience physical change. And so I think as Christians, it's hard to say that we believe that Jesus wants to heal people or that we believe that Jesus is a healer and that he wants to heal through us. It's hard for us to say that we believe that if we're not really praying for anyone because because Jesus said that a sign of a believer is that he lay hands on the sick and the sick recover um 
so the first sign of the believer is that they're laying hands on the sick, praying for people. And so, yeah, that is pretty much what I wanted to share. Just a, a cap of my life in a really short period of time. I could go deeper and stuff, but I, in a nutshell, I was really selfish and really insecure. And I had never experienced such security and selflessness and the ability to be free in my mind, in my heart, um, in every way, just when I decided to die to myself and say yes to Jesus. So, I don't know, do you have any thoughts or questions? No, I don't think so. You said that you could go deeper, but, like, what part? Or about what could you go deeper? Well, I guess just... Because I think this would be the perfect place to actually go deeper. Yeah, that's true. Well, I guess just all the all the time I, I've spent talking about my life growing up and um, I, I, I could talk more about, um, I guess I had the opportunity to, at many different points, um, early on especially, and there were seasons where I backed off of um, just pursuing planting seeds and praying for people and being bold and um and not being ashamed of Jesus in any way and and so i got the revelations had the perspective that that planting seeds was my main mission and so i remember at the staff conference when me and Katya very first got close uh became close friends um a year after uh, the last staff conference, and it was right after I got saved, was there was a an old black man, and and he had a cane, and he was just walking kind of funny, and and I asked if I could pray for him because, and I well, I actually asked what was wrong, like why he had the cane, and he told me that he had had a stroke, and so I. I remember it not being super easy to just like pray for him. I remember thinking about what what people might think about me um, and just deciding that I'm going to pursue the gospel and represent Jesus instead of just be normal and try and make friends easier and all that stuff. And so I prayed for him and I remember his daughter came over to me later and she thanked me for praying for him. And his daughter was an adult, but she said how much that that touched her and affected her and i had no idea that she was even watching or anything like that and um and i was like oh you're welcome and i was like i just believe that jesus wants to whatever i said and and i think that the only reason that i didn't just burn out right away when i wasn't seeing stuff happen was because i believed that planting seeds was a success so I prayed for him, and the stroke didn't seem to change in any way, for, as far as I could see, um, which can be a trap sometimes, relying on what you see, because it can, if you just focus on what you see, especially when you're praying for people, uh, it can talk you out of faith, and it can make you feel like you need to try harder to see change instead of just believing in the unseen, which is what faith is. And so... I just had faith that if I planted a seed, um, that Jesus would make it manifest and it, he would make it grow in people's hearts no matter what. And 
when I got back home, another main thing that changed was my relationship with my brother, Samuel. Um, before that, it was always super up and down, but for the most part, I was um, just a nagging bug pest. What would you say? <laughs> I was just... I was just, just annoying man. to Samuel, and and uh, I would say that I tried to annoy him a lot of times for his attention, and um, I always wanted to be friends with his friends because I was really insecure, and I felt like if I could get his friends to like me, then, I don't know, maybe he would like me more, or maybe it would give me a deeper sense of value, and I would like myself more, um, and that never seemed to work. Even though I did become friends with some of his friends and it worked sometimes, I never seemed to like myself more. Um, I read in my Bible that it's the goodness of God that leads people to change. It's not the discipline of God. It's not the judgment. It's the goodness. It's the fact that he had the right to judge and he chose mercy instead. And, um, and when I got back, I believed... I was well I was convicted about the way that I had acted towards my brother and how judgmental I was of him before I even changed. And so while I was struggling with pornography and struggling with cursing and and rebellion and anger and all this stuff, I would look at his life and I would point out all the bad stuff before I got saved and I would tell him I would just be upset at him for the wrong things he did when I wasn't living anything out correctly in my own life. And and uh, and so I realized once I got right, once my life shaped up, and once, once I was right with God, and I knew that, and I believed that, and once I wasn't doing any of the wrong stuff anymore, then I realized that now more than ever, like now that I'm free, now that I'm right with God, I could logically justify pointing out his flaws um, because I don't have those flaws myself. But that didn't happen at all, really. I just, from that scripture, I realized that if I would just show Samuel the kindness of God and if I would show him the love of God, that would change him, not just for the sake of our relationship, but just so that he would know God as I was starting to experience knowing God. And so I was just so loving to him, and I stopped trying to get his attention, and I stopped trying to be friends with all of his friends, and I was just, I wasn't insecure anymore, and that changed everything immediately. Like, he he started realizing that I was actually changed, and, and I would pray for people at high school, and I would pray for the guys in the soccer class sometimes, and... And one of the guys came to me one time and he was like, did you hear what your brother said about you? And I was like, no, what did he say about me? And and they were like, well, someone was making fun of you. And Samuel was like, Sam told them to, he was like, shut up, guys. And he was like, Caleb is a better man than any of us will ever be. And he's going to be a better husband and a better dad than all of us. And... uh and I heard that, I didn't hear Samuel say that, and I didn't know that he would ever say something like that, because he was popular, and he's the best soccer player, and just, he had authority as far as high school goes, and he had, uh, basically people follow him and listen to what he says, even still, and, 
and uh Sam, I know you're probably listening to this, so <laughs> I don't know if I've ever told you this, but but when I heard them say that he said that, it really humbled me more than anything else. It, some might think that it would cause me to be tempted to be prideful or anything like that, but it did the exact opposite. I was just so humbled that God would change my life so much that my brother would basically brag about the man that I am um, and honor me like that in front of people when that's definitely not the popular thing to do. Um, that really affected my life and that really humbled me in my pursuit of God. And, and so another major thing is that my relationship with my brother was completely changed as a result of me giving my life to Jesus, which again, isn't the reason Jesus saved me. It was to change me. It was an individual change. And and if any of y'all are struggling like with siblings or bad relationships with family members, like a lot of people make the mistake, I feel like, of coming to God so that their relationships go better or so that their family is more taken care of. Um, but that's that's like the wrong motive to be saved. That's the wrong motive to pursue God. Um, it That can turn things selfish pretty quick. And then when your relationships don't get better you're like questioning why God didn't and and you're doing all the right things and and God why didn't you change our relationship like they that's not really like why we get saved we get saved just so that we're changed so that we're right with God so we can actually love those people so I started loving my brother and I started loving my family and um by all means it's not I haven't lived up to the perspective that I stepped into every moment since I've been saved, uh, which I believe is possible if you just hold on to faith and just keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. And um, I remember a season where I just let my eyes get fixed on life and, and I was getting a bit more stressed out. And this was before me and Katya were engaged or anything like that. But I just kind of, I noticed a lot of things started rising, like temptations and stuff that was from the old man. usually to to live more selfishly and not see the best in people Mm -hmm. because if if people gave up on me I don't know that that the seeds that were planted would have been planted and I don't know that I would have found Jesus the way I did if people didn't think that way 
I know for a fact that I would not have found Jesus the way that I did if people didn't choose to see the best in people and not give up. So, yeah. Yeah. I Like, we're all results of people surrendering their lives to Jesus, and and none of us would give our, have our lives uh, be so changed if there weren't people before us who just decided to dedicate their lives to Jesus and plant seeds in others' hearts, and we're just a result of someone else planting seed and and the Holy Spirit making things transform. So mm-hmm. that's an honor and hum, humil, humbling. <laughs> yeah. And humil. Humil. <laughs> so, Katya, do you want to read your quote of the week first? Sure. My quote is, when God calls us to step out of our comfort zone, he is not calling us to be comfortable in the situation. He is calling us to be comfortable in him in spite of the situation. Mm. And that quote is by Stacy Sanchez. Okay. <laughs> Which I don't know who That's that awesome. is. That's awesome. But it's that, a good quote. Yeah. You want to elaborate a little more? Um. Yeah. I mean, it just reminds me of the gospel, basically, of... I don't know, you can tie it into a lot of things of not being shaken through any circumstance because your foundation's in Jesus and your heart's in Jesus. And I'm. we've probably shared this analogy before, but, like, if you squeeze an orange, would you expect apple juice to come out, Caleb? No. <laughs> I would probably think it's voodoo (laughs) yeah exactly you'd expect orange juice to come out when you something gets squeezed so when christians get squeezed what do you expect to come out you expect love to come out you expect jesus to come out if it's anything other than jesus or love it's just it should be just as weird as apple juice coming out of an orange yeah and that the squeezing things are temptations. The squeezing things can be circumstances. Yeah, tests. It can be fear. It can be, yeah. It's just when life squeezes you. Yeah, exactly. It's just a, it's just all a test from the enemy to see if you're going to react in love like Jesus. Yeah. Or if he's going to get you. <laughs> yeah, um, that, rem- that your quote reminds me of um, uh, what I've heard, I think, by either Dan Moeller or Todd White that, um, when, like, why, Holy Spirit is our comforter. He's called the comforter. Mm -hmm. So why would he be called the comforter if you were comfortable in your own strength, you know? Like, you're required to be uncomfortable, to put yourself in uncomfortable situations for Holy Spirit to even need to comfort you, you know? Yeah. So it's really powerful. And if you guys are ever in uncomfortable situations, that's an honor because it's better that Holy Spirit be your comfort than you be your own comfort or your situations be your own comfort, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's a really good quote. Uh, my quote is from Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> um, Matthew eleven six, And I just opened my Bible and it landed on this and I thought it was perfect. Um, Matthew eleven six says... And blessed is he who is not offended because of me. And in context, um, this is when John the Baptist was in prison. And he sent some of his disciples to go and ask if Jesus is the Messiah. After he had already baptized Jesus. So he knew that Jesus was the Messiah, but he's in prison. 
So he's starting to question if Jesus is really who he says he is because he's in prison. And Jesus' response to them was, Go and tell John the things which you hear and see. The blind see and the lame walk. The lepers are cleansed and the deaf hear. The dead are raised up and the poor have the gospel preached to them. And then my quote, which is, And blessed is he who is not offended because of me. So I think it's really... Uh, something to live by to not be offended because of Jesus. It's it's really that sounds so easy and sounds so true, um, which it is. I believe it is easy and it is true when you're dead to yourself. But when you still want to be somebody to people and you still want to come across uh, a certain way to your friends or whatever at high school, and you know that to to not pray for someone or to not share the gospel with someone when an opportunity arises would just to reveal some sort of level of shame of the gospel because you're not willing to give give it to someone who needs it. Mm-hmm. And so it's just a powerful thing that would helps keep me sober is like, blessed is he who's not offended because of me or my name's sake. And so, yeah. Yeah. Those are good. our quotes of the week. You want to repeat yours one more time? Yes. My quote is, when God calls us to step out of our comfort zone, he is not calling us to be comfortable in the situation. He is calling us to be comfortable in him in spite of the situation. Mm. And then mine is, and blessed is he who is not offended because of me. So I hope those are good for you guys. Um, Yeah. That's all. We're going to wrap up the episode now. Mm -hmm. Um, It went longer than I expected, honestly, just a little bit, but it's still really good and well obviously the longer the better (laughs) yeah thanks for listening guys we love you and we hope you guys have a wonderful week yeah and stay safe with quarantine and everything that's going on just you guys don't have to be bored you can talk to jesus he's the if, if you guys think the creator of the universe is boring then you're crazy (laughs) because it doesn't have to be boring and just remember when you guys are praying and seeking God you're not talking to a wall like Jesus just believe in faith like Jesus whether you feel God or feel his love or not like just believe that he's there because it's the truth despite how we feel when we're meeting with him and and just praying to him and stuff we're not praying to a distant God like he lives in us so Mm -hmm. yeah and my friend Hope was praying over me the other day. We were talking on the phone, and she was just, like, asking God, like, praying this over me and believing this for me, that I would come out of this time of quarantine and, like, having all of this time to do whatever you want, pretty much, mm-hmm. aside from, like, school. Yeah. And she was just praying that I would come out so much more close to God and so much more, like, have so much more revelation and just boldness at the end of all of this and so I want to encourage you guys in that Mm -hmm. as well and um on the note of talking about hope (laughs) she's actually a part of something called carry the love Mm. and uh, carry the love is a team of people and that carry the gospel through worship across the nation, like going to camp from campus to campus, like college campuses. And they were going to have this event um, come actually out to TJC because I was like their host technically. 
and but this was all before coronavirus and everything so Mm. the event was supposed to be april 1st and 2nd at tjc for all of the students to be able to get together to worship and fellowship the gospel to be preached people to get saved and baptized but since we can't do it in person because of the coronavirus they're trying to make it huge they're connecting everyone on april 6th specifically april 6th there's going to be a live stream with worship, the gospel preached, and I'm just praying, we're all praying, that it will be a much bigger turnout that that could have never happened in person just because of logistics and people Mm -hmm. showing up or people hearing about it. But with it being all through the internet, all through live stream, so many more people can attend, so many more people can hear the word, and... um. Yeah, so many more people who are just bored at home because of quarantine are going to be able to hear the gospel preached. So. Yeah, so you can find the link to that on Katya's Instagram bio. Yes. They're asking people to pre-register for the live stream, and I'm sure you'll get emails if you pre-register of, like, the link and when it's starting and stuff like that. But I really encourage everyone to, like, just, yeah, I think it's going to be, be an amazing thing. Yeah. God's going to move. Invite people to listen to it that don't know the Lord that you guys know. Reach out to friends. and Yeah. And if you guys are encouraged by this podcast, you can share it with a friend or, or yeah, just share the title or whatever and just say that there's a podcast that's been encouraging you and we'd love to have even more feedback from you guys and just uh, support knowing that you guys uh, are enjoying the podcast and and anything that you guys want to know, any questions, anything that yeah. you guys have. We're still open to yeah. taking questions and We're answering always open. them. So, um, also, I want you guys to, everyone, it seems like the normal to be quote-unquote bored during quarantine and how this is just kind of a boring time and can't get over it and fighting with your family or just like tension and stuff like that. Uh, I think the if we really boil that down, that's kind of a terrible way to look at this. Like, look at it the way that Katya is looking at it right now. Like, it's an opportunity to grow closer to God because you don't have as many responsibilities, maybe. Or if you're affected by not being able to work, um, just God's our provider. Thank God that He'll provide an opportunity for you and that that He'll take care of all your needs. So, So, yeah, just... Look at this as an opportunity to grow closer to God, not just a time to kind of be bored. And with that, we love you guys so much, and we will see you next time. Yeah. Bye now.